0: This is the Scott Thompson Show podcast.
1: What happened was, let's get you up to date here. What happened was um, the Liberals lost a key by-election in Scarborough. And then the next day, uh, Kathleen Wynne spoke up and said, gee, I, I I think people are, I'm hearing people are upset about electricity rates. Uh, of course, everybody thought that was going that riding the, the election was all going to be about sex ed curricula. Apparently not. The number one issue in the Scarborough by-election was soaring electricity rates. So much so that she spoke out the next day and said, uh, the, clearly th- this is an issue. And then the next day pro government. So now we have the new uh, wipe the slate clean and start over. And you know, if um, if if when we went from premier, McGinty to Premier Wynn with the same old people and crap involved, if that was taking an old car and painting it, what this is doing is taking that old car that's been repainted and now just touching it up with a spray bomb. Uh, she said they're going to cut the provincial portion of the a- uh, of the HST on the electricity bill, which will, uh, I guess, reduce the average person in Ontario's rate 130 bucks. I think that's what it went up this month, didn't it? Maybe if you'd multiply that times ten or twelve once for every month, it might work. Uh, so it works out to 130 bucks for the average Ontarian, uh, about 500 bucks, 540 bucks, if you are a rural resident. Uh, so we'll see how that. And then they went on and started talking about other things. So. Uh, Whether that is enough to uh, save the day or uh, whether this is all just smoke and mirrors to get you all to move along, we're not sure. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, But something interesting that's uh, come across our desk, and this is from a listener who is uh, planning a protest on September 28th, 5 o'clock down at City Hall. As a resident of Ontario, she's fed up with electricity prices. Sound familiar? Sarah Wary Pl- uh, poljanski is with us, and she is the one behind all of this and is with us now. Hello, Sarah. How are you today?
2: I'm good, thanks. How are you doing?
1: Good. So basically, tell everybody what you said in the letter that you sent to us.
2: Oh, um, just I've pretty much had it. You know, I my family alone, and we make a decent income, and we're having trouble keeping up with it. And I'm only imagining what people with you know coming from lower economic households how are they paying for this we're losing industry because they don't want to pay these energy bills small business owners are faced with these high you know costs for energy which then affects you know whatever they are making with their profits having troubles paying themselves and their staff so How are they going to, you know, give more employment opportunities? How is anyone going to start a business if they can't afford that stuff? And and it's killing the province, and it's hurting people. It's hurting everybody. It's a systemic issue, and something has to be done.
1: Um, And you're certainly doing that, and we'll talk about that a bit more. But let me play devil's advocate with you, because obviously you represent the typical uh, Ontario family here. Um, Don't you want a green planet for your kids? Don't you want to save the planet? This all costs money.
2: Well, my thing is, is you can only toot that horn for so long, okay? I don't think there is one single person, even at the most far right wing, that say, no, let's just kill the planet, I don't care, you know, it's all about me, I want money. At the end of the day, this Green Energy Act, why are there people being subsidized, given money to buy million-dollar Porsche 918 Spiders? This is things that these Green Energy Acts are going towards. Now I can't afford a Porsche. Can you afford a Porsche? How you're... many people in Hamilton are driving Porsches and are getting these subsidies to buy some of these so-called green electric cars? So you're talking these about th- this
1: you're talking about the subsidies that the government offers to allow you to buy a, a electric vehicle.
2: Yeah, so these are things that are these green we're saving the planet. And so this is where I look at, well, how is that saving the planet that Someone with a lot of money who shouldn't really be getting those kind of things. This should be getting thrown into some kind of kickbacks for everyday families, people wanting to start small businesses and help employ people to get them, you know, working and revenue and generate more taxes for more programs and more relief.
1: So what? Why do you think they're doing this? Why, why do you think the government is taking us down this path?
2: I I don't know. I I think this government it's. When I view a government, they should be helping the people, kind of, you know, we pay the taxes, we put them to where they need to be based on the needs of the citizens, and this is a government that kind of is run full swing, this kind of social engineering. Well, this is what we think is good for you, so this is what we're going to do, regardless of what, whether you like it or not, just give us the money and deal with it. And that's kind of what I'm seeing, and it, you can't anymore. It is hurting people. People can't afford it anymore.
1: So this isn't about you being anti-green. Because that's what often happens. If you question these things, then, you know, what are you? Some sort of fossil fuel burning, whatever, you know, like, we're saving the planet
2: here. Yeah, we're saving the planet. Okay, London Hydro alone uh, has had to write off $700,000 after 4,000 people did not pay their bill. Hmm. How does that sound? Currently in the province of Ontario, $172.5 million dollars. It is also kind of been written off because 8% of households are in a race or are, 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 have not paid money. So that's not really a green issue other than you're talking about green money that hmm. people can't afford this.
1: So do you think that uh, we're making the gains that, you know, she says in the environment? Do you think that this is worth it or do you think that they're using green to raise? They're using the whole Green Energy Act to raise money for other things to just generate revenue for the government.
2: Well, they're, they're generating revenue for themselves, but the other thing that disturbs me is that, you know, this is a government that we see holds these dinners, and a lot of companies have said this is how we get access to them. And my thing is, I, I would really like to see how many, like, kind of handouts this government has given to green companies that have donated to their campaigns or attended their dinners. This is one of my concerns. Is this scratch my back and I'll scratch yours? Is how much of this is going on in this green energy kind of planet-saving deal?
1: Uh, Kathleen Wynne lost the by-election, or their party lost the by-election last week. Uh, She then seemed to acknowledge that there was a problem. So what was your impression of that? Uh, Too little, too late? Are you surprised she's reacting the way she is now?
2: Well, they had to know, but this is the thing. Finance Minister Sosa said that prices went down a couple months ago, and he was challenged. Glenn Thibault, Minister of uh, Energy, said he was in the dark about this as well. There's no way you can't. They have to to be getting letters from constituents. Other members have been challenging them in Queen's Park. There's no way. This comes down to one thing. They want to make sure they stay in office in 2018.
1: Uh, today they've, uh, and we haven't dissected it all, but uh, obviously pro government came out with a new slate today and said that they're going to cut the provincial portion of the HST on electricity bills, uh, something that'll bring the average household $130 uh, a year and uh, just over 500 bucks for a rural uh, customer. Is that enough?
2: I'm not buying it because if, say you're paying $400 for your hydro bill, Mm -hmm. 8% off of that saves you $32. That's not even enough for a family of four to eat at McDonald's to have dinner. Yeah, yeah. So, and that that is my big issue, is this. When you look at households, and, and when there's issues within a family in a house, it usually has to do with some kind of economic, there's financial problems. And so, you know, how many families right now are being affected, and how is this, you know, how many kids are not eating three meals a day? How many... Retired pensioners, you know, eating. how many people are having to, you know, get loans, use credit cards, go into debt just to pay for basic necessities. You need a refrigerator. You need a stove. You need to wash your laundry. These are things people just can't not do. It's hygienic. It's health. Things like this. This is not people saying, oh, you know, now I can't run, you know, just... My TV, twenty-four hours yeah. a day. Like there are things people have to do to survive.
1: You bring up a valid point, though, too, as well, because you know, uh, lots will say and talk about those that are on the margins, and what happens when when they get an increase, it pushes them over the edge. But you even talk about an average family that's, you know, doing all right. Um, and then are cutting back. I mean, even how that affects the economy, like you were saying, you know, if you've got to go spend money on your electricity bills as opposed to something that keeps the economy moving and keeps people employed, I mean, there's all sorts of fallout from that.
2: Well, and that's the thing, and it's a domino effect. So, yeah. for instance, yeah, if my family, we don't have money, say, even to go eat at a restaurant yeah. once a month. So how many people are going to start getting laid off because, well, they're losing money, so they can't pay for their staff. Like things like this. It, it it'll trickle down eventually and it does hurt the economy. You start losing jobs. People don't have jobs, they're not paying taxes, you know. Services have to be cut. We need to start subsidizing to help people pay for stuff which comes out of tax money. Like I don't get who who in the Liberal Party doesn't understand economics?
1: Yeah. You know? So, how did you get onto this protest? How did this all start? I mean, there's one thing to be, you know, to bitch and complain like we all do. Uh, we're all going through it, and now finally we're all reason- we all we've all realized we're holding hands on this one. What makes you decide to go and organize a protest? How did this all
2: start? Um, I literally was sitting on the computer the other day, and I've been tweeting, like trolling the government for months about this. And I'm like, you know what? I have not. Been involved in a protest because back when the liberal government decided to close our neighborhood schools, I was protesting, and I, I'm like, "That's how we got to make noise." I don't know. Maybe it's my mom grew up in California back in the hippie days, and <laughs> that's what they did. They they, they knew and the power to the people. You get out there. You are in charge. Ultimately, we make the calls, and we need to go back to that. So I decided. I'm like, you know what? I've had enough. Everyone I talk to has had enough. It's time that we get up and we show them we have had enough. You need to do something. We are responsible for you having a job and guess what couple years you're not going to have one we're going to show you now so
1: so what 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 is the objective what are you trying to do at this protest that's coming up on the 28th
2: right now to get people together you know let people know because I think too there's a stigma people don't want to come out and say you know I can't pay my bills no one wants to say that Mm -hmm. we as humans we have pride but at the same time people need to know you're not alone this is affecting everyone and when people said, well, why are you doing it at City Hall? Well, because I want people, our city councillors, to know, because we just finished, too, going through the, a merger. We've merged our own utilities, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want the councillors and our mayor to know, you know, you need to do something, too. You need to step up, and you need to holler at the government and say, this is hurting our residents, our business, industry. This is hurting us. So we're going to start locally and, you know, see how many of our – councilors you know the mayor who sits on the, the energy board that for our utility company and you know you need to come out here with us and you need to get loud so there are councilors who have made noise about this but you know what we need everyone this is a whole city thing so we're gonna start there
1: again uh, the premier's office will say uh, the grid needs to be repaired uh, man they're still using the coal excuse about getting off coal although that was like 10 years ago now. Um, and then, of course, the, the cleaner environment. Is is there, is there a happy medium here? I mean, we, we've got a government that had a paper out a while ago that said they wanted to get rid of natural gas by 2030 in homes. Is there a happy medium somewhere? How do we balance this?
2: You know what? What I'd like to see is, you know, how many people in the energy sector are on the sunshine list, the government. You know, to me, if you're a public service worker, you shouldn't be getting paid two, three hundred thousand dollars. Hmm. You know there are things I want to see. Is how how many fat cats are sitting on the, en- the the energy board? Things like this. Where is their money? And I'm not saying you know we're going to start cutting people's wages and jobs. But you know what? We are in a crisis. We need to be realistic and find a viable solution. There has to be a middle somewhere.
1: Do you think we're at a tipping point right now? I mean, we've got the we're at the point now where Premier Wynne, uh, after years of not even acknowledging that this was an issue, now saying that you know after losing the by-election that it is an issue. Uh, obviously, people like yourself are speaking up. Do you think we're at a tipping point in the province on this?
2: We are. Like, I I will be hard pressed that I I wake up the day after the next provincial election and they're in power. Mm-hmm. I, I just. I don't know how anybody can afford it anymore. You know, after McGinty, this started back then and it's that thing. We're just putting lipstick on the pig. You know, we're going to fix this. We're going to fix this. Okay. So they fix this now, but what happens after they get back in, they make new changes. We have the cap and trade, which is going to, you know, make every single thing more expensive for everybody on top of it. So even that after the cap and trade comes in, how much are we actually going to be saving on the hydro bills? So something has to be done. And yeah, it's, too bad for them that they've decided to publicly acknowledge it at this point in time, because this has been years of hardship, that's, financial hardship for
1: people. That's my next question, Sarah. Like I, she came out the other day last week, as if uh, you know that uh, you know she just had an epiphany that a light just went off—no pun intended—that uh, or went on that said, "Oh, people are having problems with their electricity bills." Uh, do, do you think that's going to resonate? How do you think people played into that or played with that? Do you think that? That they're um, they're scoffing at the fact that she's she said this so late.
2: Oh no, no, no one, no one in their right mind is sympathizing because this has been on the news like all, a weekly. there's stuff on the news. There is no way. And like I said, constituents, people must be sending letters. You know, this is being addressed in Queens Park by Patrick Brown by Andrea Horwitz. These are things that are being brought up that they, you know, to them it wasn't an issue. I don't know. Maybe because of their incomes, it doesn't affect them at home, so it's that kind of thing where they're in their own little bubble. You know, it's not hurting me, so I'm not gonna really do anything about it. And because this is benefiting my f- my friends and the people who donate to our campaigns and attend my high priced ritzy dinners, we, we don't want to get involved and, you know, soon as this by election, it-, it was the hard reality. Guess what? The next election is not going to be easy peasy. You need to do something, but it's too little too late. You know, eight percent like I said, $400, that's 32 bucks. that That's nothing in today's world. This is costing people, you, you know, probably psychological stuff. Like, they're not eating. Businesses are having trouble. Like, this is affecting everybody. This is not one of those things, oops, we are sorry.
1: Hmm. Uh, that being said, we voted for all of this. I mean, this isn't anything new. We've known that these electricity prices were coming well in advance, and yet Ontarians gave them a majority last election.
2: I didn't give them. I'm one of those people. I was was not one of those people, and that's what I say. I'm like, you know, if I could send back on my bill, I didn't vote for you, you know, put in my income taxes. I didn't vote for you and agree with any of these things that you've implemented, so you are not going to take any of my taxes to fund them. Yeah, I would do it. So, yeah, the only thing we can do, but it comes down to is the connections they have and, you know, the kind of people that they have in their back pocket. So that's what it comes down to, is whether or not, not only is this government, but their friends and those people they have in their pocket, are they going to have? We'll call it sympathy for the residents of Ontario that, you know what, these, when they third party, you know, the, the election campaign ads and stuff like that, you know, people, we're going to have to, the next election, really get down to policy, focus on policy and not just, you know, who's running ads, what are they saying at the time. We're going to have to focus. What has gone on in the past 10 years? Not what are they saying two weeks leading up to this election? What have they done? How has it hurt my family, my community, the province? Can we do this anymore? And the answer at this point of time it's no. You t- there's no way that's gonna get fixed Sarah, in that time.
1: Sarah, you said that you know, a lot of people don't want to uh, publicly acknowledge that they're they're having trouble with their electricity bills, that this is this is putting their family back no matter what their income level is. Um, Do you think that the the same under that same sort of feeling that people don't want to be opposed to Kathleen Wynne because she represented that young sort of hip uh, environmentalist activist kind of person and you know people don't want to be seen as being against her because then you look like you're right wing and, and not into renewable energy?
2: No, we need to totally smash those kind of ideas and thoughts because that's going to play into, like, what's happening in the States. We've got to stop using these buzzwords and phrases, and if you don't agree with me, you must be this. It's not black and white. There's a whole gray area. Okay, I'm I'm right-wing, and I, like, you know, I walk to the Walmart and use renewable bags. I cycle. I do things. It's about being, um, you know, financially responsible. There's a difference between financial responsibility, and, you know, left or right partisan politics. Hmm. So, you know, even if you voted liberal your whole life, you need to look at today, how is this affecting your family, how is this going to affect your kids, and how is it going to affect your whole community? You know, does someone have better policy ideas in place that are going to benefit not only you, your community, the province, and it might be time to switch who you're voting for.
1: Is it time for Sarah to run for politics? Man, you sound like you'd be good at it.
2: I, I don't know. The thing is, is I am very opinionated, and I don't know if, you know, put into one of those positions, I could keep my mouth closed. Yes. I, I'm not that disciplined. So.
0: I, hear I don't, Maybe
2: one day, but just right now, I'm more of an activist. I, I see the people in my community, you know, what they need, and, and I'm willing to take that lead. Maybe one day, who knows, but for now, like I said, I I just, I'm kind of the uh, loudmouth of the community, and I'm fine with that.
1: So tell us, give us the details on this protest.
2: So it's going to be City Hall on the 28th at 5 p.m. I decided to have it a little bit in the evening, that way those who want to attend who are at work all day have a chance to get home, maybe have a quick bite um you know find somewhere maybe grandma grandpa neighbor relative somewhere to drop off the kids or bring them family-friendly event there's you know everybody's involved and come on down we're looking for speakers you know residents business owners industry union whoever wants to come you know tell their story what they think everybody's welcome
1: and talk about how people find out about this in your facebook page
2: uh, we have a page on Facebook. I'm not going to give you the entire URL because it's full of numbers and weird mm-hmm. things. It's pretty much uh, Hamiltonians against high hydro prices. If you just put it in a search bar there on Facebook, you can look us up, or um, I can send you guys over my email, and you guys can put it up on your website or anything if anyone wants to contact me directly. and yeah,
1: How is this affecting the talk in the neighborhood? Is this Is this what everyone's talking about in your hood?
2: Well, that's the thing. People, they are, but people don't know what to do, right? It's what do you do? People think, well, we got to wait till the next election. But like I said, a lot of times by the time the next election comes, you know, more kind of lies come out. Oh, well, we'll do this, you know, those broken promises. So people are, they are, and and especially when you look at neighborhoods now and, you know, kids that used to grow up seeing, like, and these are the things, like just Christmas lights, basic things you yeah. used to be able to decorate your neighborhood, things like this, yeah. and stuff that uses electricity, and it's no longer being done. Like these simple little things, we can't afford to do them. So yeah, people are out saying, you know, it's different. We are kind of in a crisis. What do we do? So my only logical thing I could think about the time is, you know, we need to get together and show them. We know what's going on. And we want change.
1: Sarah Wari Poljenski's been with us. Uh, angry citizen, just like the rest of us, but finally putting it all into action. The event organizer of Hamiltonians Against High Hydro Prices. You can search that and, of course, uh, get onto the Facebook page, find out more. It's all happening September 28th at City Hall, and it starts at 5 o'clock. Sarah, will probably try to talk to you before this event uh, just to tee up and find out what's going on and uh, get a bit of a progress report. Good luck.
2: Thank you so much. You're listening to The Scott Thompson Show,
1: weekdays from noon to three on AM 900 CHML. Uh, let's bring in Christine Van Gen. She of course, well aware of what's going on. We talked to her just the other day in regard to uh, taxes and how much we're paying on electricity. And at the end of the day, uh, I think Christine agrees with uh, with the rest of us that think it's not just about rebates. And of course, she is with us now. Good afternoon, Christine. How are you today?
3: I'm all I'm all right. How are you, Scott?
1: I'm doing very well. We talked about this uh, last week on what we could expect and what we would think would happen. And, you know, I I, I think I much pretty much hit this one on the mark. They were going to rob Peter to pay Paul here. What are your thoughts on what was announced today at the throne speech?
3: Hey, you know, I am always begging this government for, ta- for some tax relief. And today I got it. The problem is it's not real relief. It may be political relief for this premier, but not for consumers. Uh, we have 8% off the HST. And uh, the problem is we have hydro rates that are growing at an average of 8% a year. So you might get that HST off your hydro bill, but it's going to be eaten up immediately by rates rising next year. So uh, this isn't real relief for consumers at all. It's no way of tackling it as a, in a long-term way. It's just a Band-Aid solution.
1: How long is this going to last? Like how long before they pull this one away? And again, as you said, uh, are you surprised they didn't do something to tweak the plan itself as opposed to just taking money uh, that's already ours and giving it back to us in small amounts?
3: I mean, if the Premier really cared about uh, the price of electricity for consumers, which, as I've said all along, she she doesn't actually, uh, she would have addressed this in a long-term way. She would have repealed the Green Energy Act. She would have stopped signing the long-term renewable contracts that are uh, seeing our rates go up and and that we frankly don't need. But instead, what she's doing is is a purely political solution uh, because her government is is in crisis, uh, having lost a a recent by-election in a a riding that's never been uh, anything but liberal. So she thinks that this will solve her political problems. Uh, really, it's, it's nothing for consumers at all. I, I wish that I could say that it's a tax break that I uh, cheer about, but it, it's not.
1: Uh, who will pay for this? How much does this cost? Will this cost us?
3: Uh, and well, who the pays? the Clean Energy Act, or, sorry, the Clean Energy Rebate cost about a billion dollars a year. I don't like to call uh, a tax rebate, I don't like to talk about it in terms of it costing something. After all, it is just giving us our own money back. But, of course, this is a government that's basically broke. They're going to be looking to make up that revenue in other ways. And as we know, that's going to be in the form of a cap-and-trade carbon tax, which is coming into effect the exact same day that this rebate does. So the premier is going to be doing to your home heating bills through cap-and-trade, what she did to your hydro rate. So uh, this isn't a long-term solution. It's not a real solution. It's just politics for this premier.
1: And who gets the rebates?
3: Uh, From my understanding, having watched the throne speech, it appears to be a universal rebate. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's good news. There already are some rebates that are provided to low income earners and special rural rebates in addition. Uh, But this one, the HST rebate, appears to be a universal one.
1: So uh, obviously they lose the by-election. The Premier comes out last week and said, basically, we're now aware that this is an issue. We're going to direct something towards this at the throne speech, prorogues government. Um, so, and, and again, you can't think for the government, neither can I, but does this give the impression that she thinks that Ontarians approve of the plan, they just need a little help? Uh,
3: approve of, sorry, of which plan? Of the, green
1: a- the Green Energy Act. That they approve of the way our electricity grid is being run, they just need a little help.
3: I think that that's what this premier really does believe. That's why she always trumpets the Green Energy Act as as something magnificent that her government has done. And you know what? It is magnificent. Magnificently terrible. We have some of the highest electricity rates in North America. They go up. they, they In Ontario, they've been growing sixty percent faster than the rest of the country. It's absolutely astonishing what this government has been able to do to pr- hydro rates in this in this province. Um, and and I think Ontarians really recognize that it's a problem. They they are incensed when I go across the province talking to people. Hydro rates are the number one issue. The problem is this rebate doesn't actually address that issue. It just uh covers it up in the short term possibly in time for an election for this premier.
1: I was talking to a Hamiltonian who's uh, planning a protest for City Hall here in September 28th at 5 o'clock, and, and I asked her this question, and, and, and I know I posed it to you many times, Christine, but... Um, you know, she plays the green card and and says that if we question anything that she does, whether it's what she did today or has done in the past, that we're anti-green. Do you think Ontarians have finally got past that? Do you think Ontarians finally realize that we're all green and that she, you can't be separating us this way?
3: Yeah, so I call this Kathleen Wynne's green trump card whenever she gets into a tight spot on hydro rates or how she's managed to electricity sector. She just throws down her green Trump card and says, Hey, it's for the environment. So it must it's for be the grand. It, it's right. for the
1: grandkids. It's like, it's all for yeah, the grandkids. The, the
3: problem is um, Ontarians know that renewable doesn't necessarily have to mean expensive. There are other parts of the world that have managed their electricity sen- uh, sector to include, um, solar to include wind that, that haven't had the same kind of consequences that Ontario has. And at the same time, we have a huge supply of hydroelectric power in Ontario. That's renewable. That's green power. We don't need all of this wind and solar technology that has been the cause of this catastrophe in Ontario. So I think that it's not necessarily being against green. It's being against the way this government has managed the sector.
1: Uh, other stuff in this, obviously, hydro rates, uh, you know, the, the key lightning point here. But uh, other things in it, creating 100,000 new uh, daycare spaces, money for improving kids' math skills, uh, more investment in training young people, strengthening health care. Um, is there much else in there uh, beyond this uh, electricity issue?
3: I mean, I think that the whole reason this throne speech was called, other than to clear, um, private members' bills, was to address hydro rates. So I think that that is the main takeaway from today, is what the government's doing with hydro rates. Uh, she lost that by-election in Scarborough Rouge River, and that's what prompted the prorogation and the throne speech today. So, uh, that's what the main thing takeaway today has been. Uh, it's unfortunate that they didn't do anything to actually tackle the real problem.
1: Where will she get the money that she's going to give back to us in this form of a rebate?
3: Uh, Scott, well, you know where she's going to get it. She's going to get it from me and you and all of your listeners and everyone who pays taxes in this province. Uh, She absolutely has no respect for the public. Uh, You know, you get a rebate. I don't call that a new cost. But the government's going to have to borrow to pay for that because it's basically uh, a bankrupt government. They don't they don't have enough money to pay for all the plans that they have. The money's going to come from somewhere. It's going to be borrowing from our grandchildren.
1: Are we all going to forget about this now? You know, uh, the the by-election, prorogation, and now a, a new day. Are we all just going to go on our merry way, or do you think this is a tipping point for Ontarians?
3: I think we've reached a tipping point, at least in terms of hydro rates. People aren't going to forget about it because our rates are going up again in November. So we get this 8% rebate, but with, rates that, with, with hydro rates that continue to climb so quickly, uh, those savings are not going to make any impact whatsoever. People are not going to feel it when they pay their bills.
1: Are you worried about the next government that comes in and tries to fix this?
3: Um, yeah, I mean, yesterday's government solution is today's government problem, right? Um, I would rather they be less interventionist in the electricity sector uh, because that's what's in- led to all of this disaster in Ontario. Uh, so, so yeah, I have a lot of concerns for how anyone will will address this in the future.
1: Christine Van Genis with us, Canadian uh, Tax Federation, uh, Ontario Director, uh, looking after your tax dollars and keeping the uh, government accountable. Uh, Christine, thanks for the time and insight. Much appreciated.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Thank you. Uh, so there you have it. Basically, with the new throne speech, which came, you know, this announced after the by-election loss uh, over a week ago now, and then finally realizing that they lost this by-election not because of wacky right-wing feelings on sex education, uh, but because people are ticked with their hydro rates going up. And as Christine said, they're going to go up again in November. And this government has not been secretive about any of this. From day one, that they have said, going up here then going up here, then going up here, then going up here, and we just sit there with our thumb in our nose. Yeah, okay, as long as it's saving the planet. I mean, I just don't get it. I don't get how she has managed to paint everybody else who doesn't agree with their plan as if they're some sort of fossil fuel-burning criminal that that isn't green. It's like Kathleen Wins the only one green. This lady's so green, she's pushed the green party out of green. Everybody's green now. Everybody's green, even the Conservatives. Figure that one out. So how can we keep falling for this? So an 8% uh, knocked off the HST portion of hydro. Uh, you'll get that. It turns out to be 130 bucks a year. What are you going to do with all that cake? Uh, well, don't spend it too fast because they're going up again, 8%. So you'll be like what it is now. Basically, this little rebate just covers this latest, of which there's many more on the way, increase. What happens when the next increase comes? Is it going to be another rebate for that one? Uh, Also say they're going to create, you know, so you lose and don't pay attention to your uh, rising energy rate. They announced they're going to create 100,000 new daycare spaces. Oh, yeah, that's nice. How are you going to do that? Uh, going to work on the math skills of the kids. Oh, yeah, that's good. They're going to invest more in training young people. Well, oh, that's a new one. Uh, they're going to strengthen healthcare. Oh, Martha, that's a good idea, isn't it? Like, really? That's it? Nothing to the plan. We're, cha- we're going to keep forging ahead, spending money, hand over fist that we don't have. We're not changing anything. We're just going to give you more of your own money back. So they'll cut something else along the line to make you feel more comfortable about that. I just can't believe that everybody got sucked into this government again. And then the time before that. Like, honestly. You know, a Hudak or a Horvath would have been better than this. Don't you think? At least it wouldn't have cost you as much. Uh, lots of uh, email coming in. Feel free to send me one. Scott Thompson at 900CHML.com. Facebook and Twitter ablaze with comment on this. This is a huge issue. People are pissed. Uh, Tara writes I've just bought a new uh, I've just become a new homeowner, I previously rented. I've not had a hydro bill in my name in over 10 years. That being said, after paying Hamilton's ridiculous real estate market prices to finally become a homeowner for myself and my four kids, I almost puked. When Hydro One informed me that they require a $490 deposit in order for me to receive electricity. I've yet to get my first bill, but I can tell you I'm terrified and dreading this. So, how many people are doing that? How many people are foregoing buying a home? I mean, it's it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, Frank writes, this is why present day government should be evaluated every each year of a four year term. And if the public is at odds with the general performance of the leader, they must be replaced by another member. Don't think all incumbents agree with their leader feel free to offer your opinion. We're going to answer a couple of calls on this. Phone lines open, 905-645-3221, nine hundred 9900 on your cell. Bob, what are your thoughts on this? Has the uh, pro-rogue government and this new throne speech made you feel happy and warm and fuzzy about your hydro bill?
4: Uh, not at all. I'm a 79-year-old senior, Scott, mm-hmm. and I've been listening to a lot of this for a while, and, you know, it's time the Canadians wake up and realize what the root of our problem is in this country. We listen to the news and we hear about the corruption in all these other countries. We have it right here in Canada in our governments. We have it in our local municipal governments, our provincial governments and our federal government. They like these people are walking around with their head in the clouds. They are out of touch with the average person. They like I listened to them this morning about this Dinner they want to have on the bridge. Our local council and our mayor—they make me sick. Huh. Like, okay, yeah, I'll attend three hundred dollars. That's my three hundred bucks you're using.
0: Huh.
4: I can't. I can't afford to go, and uh, most seniors can't. But they're going to go, and they—they they spend money like I live on the mountain. I got a sidewalk in front of my house that's got a crack. I said to the guys that were placing some of the sidewalks down the street, I went down and said, you are going to fix this? Oh, we haven't got the money to do that. They put some asphalt in it.
1: Hmm.
4: But they're putting bicycle lanes all over the
1: city. All right, I Bob. Here, we got your message. We've got to run on to other calls. Thank you very much for the call. Much appreciated. Bob upset about it. Let's go to Ned. Ned, what are your thoughts? Is there relief here for you from the premier today?
5: Yeah, how are you doing, my man? Listen, I'm a small landlord. I have quite a few tenants, and uh, one of the major issues when I'm renting an apartment, uh, you know, I don't even know what to tell the tenants what the deposit would be with Hydro if they haven't paid. I don't know whether to tell them it's $75 or $500 because it's, it's arbitrary depending on who calls on their own personal records. And like the one caller said before, if they don't have a record from before paying Hydro, they get stung for three, $400, $500, plus first and last. <laughs> and I'm just renting low-end units. That's number one. Number two is I think we're, to echo the previous gentleman's call a little bit and express it a little differently, I think what the Wynn government did to keep in power and what the Trudeau government's going to do in power, you're going to give everything to everybody whose check says ministry on it. If your Mm. check says minister or ministry on it, I'm going to accommodate you so I get reelected. In other words, I'm going to accommodate every government employee, whether it's police, teachers. It doesn't matter what it is.
1: Mm-hmm. I hear I will you, then Ned.
5: Get reelected. Hudak unfortunately screwed up on that because he was honest. So the only way to get elected, whether you're in America or Canada or federally, is to tell the government employees, "I'm going to give you everything you want." That way, I will get elected for the rest of the days in our earth.
1: <laughs> Interesting observation. Thanks for the call, Ned. Much appreciated. You're listening to The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML. Talking about uh, soaring electricity prices, of course, this all started with the loss of uh, a by-election uh, to from the Liberals to the Conservatives in Scarborough uh, a while ago. And then finally Kathleen Wynne realized that people were upset about their electricity bill. She said she's going to do something about it, prorogue government. And then came back today with the throne speech and basically said that she'll take uh, give you a rebate of eight percent off uh, the HST portion of your electricity bill, which is about exactly what it's gone up. So you're pretty much even, Stephen, in all of this. Uh, to which uh, you know, there's all kinds all kinds of notes coming in regard to uh, uh, people who are just frankly upset in order to uh, to pay their 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 bills. And you can see it on Facebook and Twitter, and it just continues through email. If you want to weigh in on this, you can send me a note at Scott Thompson at 900chml.com. Of course, and the phone lines are always open at 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. Uh, let's get Bev on the line for one last call on this. Uh, Bev, is this enough for you? Uh, will this help with your electricity b- uh, bills?
6: Well, Scott, I'm gonna put it this way. It's not going to help anybody's hydro bill at all. It's simply enough, she's putting out a good smoke screen, just like a lot of other things that she does. Big smoke screen to make you feel good, temporarily. Since so you going to come around and empty your other pocket. I, for one, uh, Scott, I can't emphasize enough when I talk to people, I ask a lot of people this question. Who is the government? And everybody says, well, it's the Liberal Party they're only a party scott it's a liberal party they are not and i want everybody to listen go out and drink four or five cups of coffee and wake up and smell the fact that the liberal party is not the government in this province they are a party that the government the people of this province has put there everybody refers to them as the government i for one i'm sick and tired of hearing that the liberal party is the government when they're not we the province owns Queen's Park, and we own all those government buildings down there, but don't go near one because you'll get arrested for trespassing on your own property. I'm sick and tired of all the stuff in this province. If, if they get back into power again, Scott, I'm moving out of this province. I'll tell you that right now because I'm so, I, that's how sick and tired I am of hearing people call them the government when they're not.
1: Bev, thanks for the call. Much appreciated. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on yourself. Let's bring in Peter Grave, prof- uh, Professor of Political Science McMaster University. He's with us now. Hello, Peter. A uh, lot of disgruntled people out there. Do you think we've hit a tipping point with electricity prices in Ontario?
0: Yeah, I think we got there a while ago. Uh, I mean, we've seen year-over-year year increases at a significant rate, I think reflecting a, a bunch of Questionable decisions made uh, by the McGuinty and Wynne governments over the past 15 years. Uh, and so you know, people are naturally and uh, upset about having to pay much more for electricity, particularly when it seems to be a result of bad policy decisions. Uh, I'm not sure that uh, taking the HST, or at least the Ontario portion of the HST, off uh, energy bills really going to change the fact that they've increased so greatly in some ways it's a bit like uh, hitting the, the hornet's nest I mean you're really in, in a sense making people even more angry uh, to say well now are we being bribed with their own money to forget the fact that these mistakes were made
1: so does she think that we all approve of the plan it's just that it's costing us a little much and you got to help us out or does she understand that this is a, a, a big issue for Ontarians and, and they want a, a reset hit on, on the whole system.
0: Well, I mean, I think the issue is that uh, hydro systems are long term things, right? You enter into long term contracts, you make decisions uh, in terms of building infrastructure that's going to be serving you for 25 or 30 years. So once you've made the mistakes, you can't go back. Right? So, mm-hmm. in a sense, he's locked us into uh, a variety of long term cost trends that are reflected in uh, the hikes and the prices we've paid. I mean certainly, she can go back and try to renegotiate some of those deals and play hardball in various ways, but there's not a whole lot she can do uh on those prices and so what the result is is she uh tries to make us forget about the mistakes she made that got us there and it wasn't just her in fact i mean it was the McGinty decisions also around some of these feed in tariff programs uh that that caused a lot of the problems that uh where we're at so the you know the liberal government uh has to wear this and uh you know they're trying to realize that They need to to reduce the appeal around high electricity rates because it's been very effective both for Patrick Brown and for Andrea Horvath. Uh, And so I think they thought this uh, announcement uh, around the HST would do the trick. Uh, I'm not sure it's going to do so.
1: Uh, Can the next government fix it?
0: Uh, Not really. (laughs) I mean, uh, again, uh, there's regular decisions that have to be made about uh, uh, electricity policy. And over time, that has an impact on the rates we pay uh I would say the Liberals in the past couple of years are recognizing the problem they've made and so they haven't made it worse, but they maybe haven't necessarily worked too hard to see whether they could claw back Some of the deals they made in the past decade that uh, created uh, the the pressure on the prices we see today.
1: Do you think the Liberals missed an opportunity here um, by not delving deep into that sort of thing as opposed to just writing us all a check? Did they miss an opportunity to explain this greater to people?
0: Uh, I suppose, but I guess explaining how you made a bunch of mistakes is generally not very effective in politics. Mm. (laughs) In that way... Uh, I think they're a bit hard-pressed, and they have a tough... I mean, certainly they built on a, a bunch of mistakes made in the later years of the Harris administration, some of which they cleaned up, and then they made their own set of mistakes that were a bit different. Uh, so when they tell the story, uh, you know, that tends to be the ones about the, the Harris mistakes and not their own, and it just gets lost in the he-said-she-said said of Queen's power of politics. I mean, for Ontarians, though, they see the price on their bills, and uh, it upsets them. Uh, and the opposition parties have been effective in pushing uh, on that issue. I mean, the question is whether uh, this will still be the issue at the top of Ontarians' minds come the next election. I mean, certainly it's an important cost of living issue. But the cost of living isn't always central to how people are making decisions come
1: election time. Can you see this not being an issue? I mean, boy, it's, it's been gaining steam since the last election
0: uh... Yeah, I think people are upset with it, but uh, probably aren't simply making the decision based on what their uh, hydro bill is going to be as compared to what's happening in the health system or the education system or how well they think the economy is going uh, and a whole variety of questions like that. So, I mean, the challenge I think for Andrea Horvath and Patrick Brown is to be yes, you're upset about these rates, but you're paying these rates because there's a bigger problem with the win liberal government. And I think they've been semi successful in moving uh, Ontarians uh, with that sort of argument. But if it's simply about, uh, you know, if it's simply the electricity rates, uh, I suspect Ontarians will be distracted by other things that uh, also have an important impact for how they live uh, come the next election.
1: Isn't fixing the, and again, this is, you know, I'm looking at this from a, from a public relations standpoint, probably more than a, than a political standpoint, but isn't fixing this or at least giving us the, the illusion that you are fixing it Uh, better than doubling down and just giving us our own money back? Do do you not think that Canadian voters or Ontario voters can now see through that, especially when they are getting the bill you're talking about every month?
0: Yeah, I I suspect the Liberals uh, would do better to try and figure out a way of explaining how they blew it. (laughs) But, I mean, again, I guess I've decided that that's too dangerous an approach to take, Uh, and they're probably confident that enough people will see some sort of reduction on their hydro bill, and that will... uh, Distract them from the longer-term increase in what that is. I mean, the other question is, do they really think the other parties are going to do better or can and deliver responses? I mean, certainly uh, both Patrick Brown and Andrea horvath when they've been you know a bit more serious in terms of what they want to do to change the hydro rates, haven't gone much further than what uh, Kathleen Wynne delivered today. Mm-hmm. So if they're unable to point to some sort of realistic solution uh, to the hydro system, again, something that doesn't have uh, easy solutions to it, because Once you're locked into long-term contracts, they aren't easy to renegotiate. Once you've chosen a particular path of how you're going to generate power, you can't then just switch to another one. So, uh, you know, with those kinds of long-term questions, as citizens we should be a bit wary that our governments can fix them at the drop of the hat, although we should maybe punish governments that made uh, poor decisions. Uh,
1: So do you think there is still, uh, do you think that the lack of opposition is still a bigger problem than our electricity bills?
0: Uh the lack of opposition having proposals. Mhm. Uh, just
1: giving somebody, a, you know, a, a, someone a chance to to vote another way at the next election or past elections.
0: Well, I mean, I think we should be wary of opposition parties who thought there's a magical solution to this. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's uh, things like, you know, building nuclear power plants, you know, are decisions that get made for long periods of time and lock us into particular kinds of cost patterns. Uh, signing contracts with solar farms and you know wind turbines at many times the rate that you're actually uh, can get for the electricity means that someone's going to be paying for it, and that's ultimately us. You know so those kind of long-term decisions can't be easily reversed. And I'd be wary if Patrick Brown or Andrea Horvath said they had you know the solution to that. You know, so the question I guess, is how do we uh, deal with a situation that we have many Ontarians who have a tough time paying for their hydro given the extent to which uh, prices have gone up? Uh, And I'm not sure that a sort of a one-time solution around taking the HST off it really addresses uh, those kinds of questions or the issue of, okay, well, then who's paying for this reduction and is that, you know, the better way to do it? Because if we, you know, take the HST off that, well, that's money uh, ultimately that's not there for other programs. It's uh, more of a fiscal effort that's being put on uh, income taxes as opposed to consumption taxes, so, so what's the effect of that?
1: So uh, the whole uh, art of proroguing, was it worth it? Was, was, does this hit the reset button for the win government? Uh, also things they talked about, creating 100,000 new daycare spaces, more money for math skills for kids, investing in training young people, strengthening the health care. these are all typical things.
0: Yeah, I mean there wasn't a whole lot that was new there. I mean I think what they rolled the dice here is that they're looking at the economic growth in Ontario and the capacity to maintain the lid on uh, you know public sector compensation, uh, and I think they realized that they had money that uh, they were probably earmarking for a bunch of programs going into the election year, and they decided they'd try to spend it if you like or use it in terms of earmarking it to this HST reduction now. Uh, and so that's the gamble they've taken, they're trying to, in a sense, reduce the downturn uh, that they've been feeling in uh, people's support for the government uh, tied to these hydro issues by taking action now. So I guess the question will be in a couple of weeks whether, you know, the people that you've had on saying, wait a second, they're trying to bribe us with their own money, we don't buy any of this, uh, is the general one, or whether they find enough of a bounce on it that it was worthwhile having made that decision to uh, take the cap off now. Uh, to me it is a sign that they feel that they're going to meet their balanced budget uh, target in this coming budget uh, and that they have if you like enough room in terms of economic growth Uh, to promise some uh, improvements in public services that uh, they can afford
1: to do this now. Peter Grafe has been with us, Professor of Political Science McMaster University. Peter, as always, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. You're welcome. All right, thank you. Uh, Let's bring in Steve Clark, Deputy Leader, Ontario Progressive Conservative Party and get their slant on all of this. Hello, Steve. Thank you very much for taking the time to join us. Your thoughts about the throne speech today?
7: Well, I, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of words, but uh, I think most Ontarians I've spoken to uh, since the throne speech was delivered, have said, you know, certainly on the hydrophile, it's, uh, it's too little too late. You know, every uh, decision that the Wynn Liberals have made over the last uh, 13 years, uh, I think most people acknowledge it's made life harder, it's made life more unaffordable for them. And I don't think uh, people uh, realize that, or well, I think people do realize, that no throne speech is going to give the change that many of them want.
1: Uh, Surprised that the way, uh, obviously, uh, uh, loss in the by-election, then the uh, sudden realization that, oh, there might be a problem here with people's uh, electricity rates. And now uh, a throne speech and a reset of of, of 8% on the HST and and giving that rebate back to people. Are you surprised that uh, they didn't try to sell us on the plan more and at least maybe tweak that as opposed to just writing us another check?
7: Yeah, well, and, and and I think most people do acknowledge that the the only reason that uh, the premier has now acknowledged hydro rates are uh, a real problem. It's it's because it's affecting the Ontario Liberal Party. They just lost uh, Scarborough Rouge River that they had had never uh, you know lost. And I think uh, when we heard the announcement, if if the if the government and the wind liberals are really serious about dealing with uh, energy problems and the energy crisis. You know, many of us feel they should uh, stop signing contracts for energy we don't need. Most of us uh, and many stakeholders talk today about uh, halting any further asset sales, this whole fire sale of Hydro One shares. Those would have been a, a lot more tangible decisions that the government could have included in the throne speech than just talking about the provincial portion of the HST coming off. I think most people realize, as I said earlier, it's uh, it's too little, too late.
1: Uh, you alluded to this a little, but what can the PCs or any other party do if they take over for uh, this government after the last election? What what can we do to fix this? Are we naive to think this these aren't long term issues?
7: Well, you know the government yeah, the government made some uh, decisions. You know they talked about some of the savings that they made, but you know if they, if they had of. Uh Got out of the one uh samsung contract we could have uh we could have had uh a lot of money that was able to uh to suppress rates i think uh you know most people in my neck of the woods and i come from a predominantly rural riding you know have real issues about the culture at uh, in, within our hydro system and the fact that this government is again silent on the way that uh, the system is being offered the fact that uh, there's no discussion about uh, about the, the administration that uh, administers our hydro system and and how the government was going to tackle that and there was again silence on on whether the government will continue to sign Uh, new energy contracts for power we don't need. Power, ultimately, that will sell to Quebec and New York State and Michigan at a loss. Those were some tangible things that I think most people expected a government that would realize we have a hydro crisis. This is what people expected they would say, and they didn't.
1: Uh, A lot of people are very confused just even trying to follow this. It's like watching a shell game, especially with so many different organizations that were, from what I understand, brought forth during... Uh, a, a PC government. So, so how do you manage that moving forward?
7: Well, you know, I think I think it's. Uh, it, you know, I think you have to make the effort, and and this government uh, really has has decided not to make the effort. They've decided to, while they at one hand they're going to take off the provincial portion of the HST on your hydro bill, they're going to bring in a cap and trade plan, which is going to increase your costs. So you know yes they talked a lot about the uh, the the reductions that they plan on bringing but again they were silent on the administration silent on contracts for power we don't need and silent on how much our bills are going to go up because of cap and trade it's uh, it's a government that uh, that 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 again will will use words in a throne speech, but won't back it up with actually any concrete plan moving forward.
1: Uh, obviously, you can't speak for the other party, but, you know, from, from listening to what she said and offering the rebate, it's almost as if she thinks Ontarians approve of the plan, we're just having a hard time with our hydro bills. Do you think Ontarians approve of what's happening now?
7: No, I think I, I don't think so. And, and I, you know, certainly I knocked on the doors in Scarborough Rouge River, and I heard very loud and clear uh, people's anger against this government on the hydro file. I heard the same anger in Whitby, Oshawa at the, the previous by-election when Lauren Coe was elected uh, as a new member of our caucus, just like Raymond Cho was elected in Scarborough Rouge River. And, and increasingly... Right across uh, Ontario, whether you live in urban, rural Ontario or urban or rural Ontario, whether you live in the north, a- every corner of the province, uh, you're hearing a chorus of voices that's the same and that's anti this government's policies on energy and their anger that that the Gwynn government just doesn't get it.
1: Are you surprised that this has become a, a, a door issue? Uh, you know, it was, it was like a week before this by-election. It seemed to be it was, a, it was going to be an issue about sex ed education uh, and, and not electricity. And then it almost did a 180. Are, are you surprised that this is becoming that big an issue at the door?
7: You know, no, I, you know, I think, uh, I think for many of us, uh, you know, hydro has been the number one issue in our constituency office, in my office, in, uh, in Brockville, in my satellite offices that uh, that we manage every week, uh, consistently. Uh, people have come in, whether they be seniors, uh, disabled people, whether it's a commercial business or or uh, a job creator in an industrial park. People were incensed that they, they just couldn't seem to conserve enough energy to deal with the rising cost of uh, of hydro and their hydro bills and and it, it 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 it's a it's an issue that the government's turned a blind eye on for a number of years and now they've lost uh... you know this this last by election and now they've had an epiphany that uh... that something needs to be done
1: Green was uh, all obviously uh, uh, their mantra in the last few elections uh, with what they've done in regard to the hydro file, uh, sort of painting everybody else that if you don't buy into this, that you're you know, a fossil fuel-burning Neanderthal. Uh, can the PCs be green? Can they deliver these sorts of promises? Because obviously they resonate with Ontario, Ontarians or they wouldn't have voted them in again and again well, and again.
7: Yeah, well, certainly we have a new leader, Patrick Brown, who, you know, he got involved in politics uh, because of the environment. I think he, he first wrote, uh, you know, then Prime Minister Mulroney about uh, about acid rain. And so he uh, he is someone who I think genuinely understands the pulse of the of the province. He's uh, traveled to every corner, uh, listened very uh, intently on people's concerns, and I think he's been able to, since his election a year ago, been able to take what he's heard and put it into practice, uh, certainly on the ground in the by-elections.
1: Will this still be an issue come next general
4: election?
7: Yeah, you know, I, I think if the government doesn't uh, fundamentally change their approach, if if they're going to take money out of one pocket and put it back in in another pocket, I think I think it's going to become an issue. I think the government has to uh, to deal with it, and then to have a, a throne speech and essentially acknowledge you're just going to table all the legislation that died on the order paper. It's 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 hardly change that uh, Ontarians have been asking me for.
1: Steve Clark, Deputy Leader, Ontario Progressive Conservative Party, speaking about the throne speech earlier on today, uh, given by Premier Kathleen Wynne. Steve Clark, thank you very much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Thanks,
6: Scott. Have a great day. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to
1: 3 on AM 900 CHML.